0: People don't want to become cops. Wonder why people I mean, it used to be a respectable job, and it is still a respectable job, by the way. And I respect the hell out of our law enforcement men and women out there keeping this home front safe and day in and day out because they're I couldn't even imagine you know being well, a cop in this day and age. You could you couldn't pay me enough to well, do well.
1: But now we're starting to see because of hiring standards too, uh-huh. we're starting to see some woke officers. Uh-huh. So they're woke. And, you know, and how is that playing into the police force? It like, is. I have chewed some, I have chewed some ass on some cops. Like I, I had this one girl, she goes, can you just leave him there? And I go, no, I can't. I go, this guy has camped out in front of this business. He urinates and defecates in front of this store, right? They f- kicked him out a bunch of times. I go, so he's now, and this is extortion. This is street terrorism.
0: Oh, we got fucking
1: Martha and, and so Stewart with a badge. Give me food or else I'm gonna sit here and poop on your doorstep every night, you'll have to clean it up and whatever. And they'll go into the subway in National City. This guy will go in and he'll say, give me a uh, sandwich. And they used to say no. And he'd go, oh yeah? And he would drop trouser right in the middle of lunchtime and just diarrhea all over the floor. It's an open food preparation area. If you have feces exposed to the air while you prepare food, it's a mandatory 48 hour shutdown and they have to sterilize everything, right? So this guy just put this restaurant out of business for two days okay tell me that's and that's extortion give me a sandwich or i will conduct this criminal act that harms you financially extortion there's that's what it is that black and white black and white and the and the this gal comes out and she's like well you know so the way my comp- one of the, the mitigation methods that my company uses is now everybody's worried about hepatitis c and Uh covid well there's health and services codes so california has legalized almost every criminal activity in the world yeah except those that they need to use when they're going to go after somebody so health services so if you're a conservative business owner and you've been saying bad things about the governor right oh we're going to come in and you're in violation of this health services program Well, those are still all misdemeanors and felonies. So, well, if you're going to use it against my clients, I'm going to use it against you. So I'm like, hey, this individual has hepatitis C. I'm sure the mayor does not want it on on the news that you guys are letting these guys urinate and defecate with spreading hepatitis C. And you got to remember a couple of years ago, we lost 638 people to hepatitis C in San Diego. MRSA, AIDS, all that stuff. So we started saying, oh, I'm not removing him because he's trespassing and homeless. I'm removing him because he's a disease vector. Oh, shit. And then they have no choice. And then they have to call out the ambulance, right? And then the ambulance, so they have a thing. So patients' uh, rights privilege says that you can't record a patient, right? So I'll be sitting there recording and the ambulance driver will say, hey, patient privilege, you're not allowed to record that. And I go, are you telling me he's a patient? And he goes, yes. And I go, good, now he's your, you have to take him. So we and because they'll go, you know, and I'm like, I'll stop recording. But now he's your responsibility. Until then, he's my contact. So this is so it's these outside. Probably shouldn't. This is my business model. I'm giving you, but this is why my security company is so much more successful than the other competing companies is because we're thinking outside the box. Yeah, developing solutions for these businesses. Listen,
0: they fucking line out the rules, and you say, fine, we'll play by the fucking rules. But guess what? We're gonna figure out. So, yep, we're gonna figure out. How to use those rules that you're saying we can't apply to apply them to you now to make you your problem again when it should yeah. already be your problem?
1: So it's creative thinking, and that's how we're mitigating getting rid of these homeless people. Like I call up and I say, hey, we have bloodborne pathogens. We have guys with needles. Yeah. You know? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's flinging blood around, right? That's huh. a song. So feces, poop, is a deadly weapon. Yeah. And, then, and they would come out. These cops would come out and go, feces. They go, her throwing poop is not – so
0: until you get a side of
1: fucking turd in your eye i did so i got so oh, we had no. this drug dealer up in escondido she threw poop got in my eye and instead of it got up under my eyelid and i got cellulitis i looked like freaking the elephant man i had a big huge swollen forehead so i'm talking and the doctor goes hey he goes you need to be careful and i go doc i wear glasses you know i go but she just it was loose stool it got my grossest thing in the world right yeah she literally makes down her pants and and fluid, it at me. Oh my God. And so, and I'm like, and I'm like, doc, I, you know, and he goes, you don't understand. That is lethal force. If that, if that infectious material would have gone around your eye to your optic nerve and gone to your brain, cellulose. You your, would have fucking died. You would have died. You would have died. As it was, I was two or three days in the hospital and six weeks recovery, massive antibiotics, and all the nerves. And he goes, if it would have gone around your eye, you'd be dead. It would have gotten into your brain. You would have had an infection in your brain that would have just killed you because you know this swelling outside the skull is okay do that inside the brain you're dead so wow. man, so throwing poop is is deadly force and that's i'm like really nuts i need a statement for you because i'm about ready to start shooting these people because i get poop thrown at me all the time my officers do you know and i have to man. make sure that they're gloved up glasses the whole nine yards. that that so, makes
0: my stomach just churn dude
1: it really that's, does that's the environment that, that, that they're I, dealing with.
0: I you know this it's a sad state of affairs really is man this how how we've come from you know policing you know, I mean, on the streets and making sure I mean like listen we've always had a criminal problem right And but we contained it yeah. you know but now it's uncontainable now it's just like loose free game and they're just like listen I understand I'm not going to go to jail.
1: saying I will make sure that your criminal child does not serve any time in jail if you vote for me, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. you've got all these moms who their baby, right? Are these baby mama moms, okay. right? There's no structure. There's no father figure in the household, so they're raising these kids. And who are their who are their role models? The gang members on the street. So they go up and go, and because mom's a single mom working a job, sure, you no, know, not taking care of the kids. And uh, so this is my plug right now for one of my charities. So there is a charity here in San Diego called Nativity Preparatory Academy. And what we do is we take um, kids from single parent or foster homes or distressed family situations. We have a couple of vans, we go around San Diego, we pick them up, six o'clock in the morning, we bring them in, we feed them breakfast. They go to school, we have all volunteer um, college professors, we have some of the top educators in San Diego, they volunteer their time, to teach these kids, they go through rigor. So some of them come in and they're, say they're supposed to be in fifth grade, but they're actually working at a third grade level. We bring them up to grade level, take them all the way through high school, right? And then when they graduate, we fast track them into St. Catherine's University or uh, prep over in La Jolla, prep, or we fast track them into local universities. Um, And uh, we get them scholarships, get them squared away. But while they are at Nativity Prep, they are given three square meals, their breakfast, lunch and dinner. They have chores that they have to do. And that applies, they get money that gets applied to a commissary account and they learn how to balance a budget, balance a checkbook, use a commissary account so they can buy extra stuff. They can buy extra clothes for themselves. They can buy clothes for their mom. They can bring home groceries for their family. These are wow, kids from, That's from first grade to high school level that, and we bring them up, we get them to surpass grade level. These people are, if you if you go online and look, Nativity Prep, truly doing God's work. These, not a bad thing about them. All they are doing is helping make better citizens. They're wow. taking kids off the street. So, and then the kid at eight o'clock, he gets dropped off at home. He's been fed. He has all of his stuff. The mom has had a stress-free day. She's been able to go to work. We've been able to take that load off of her. And we're making a more stable family environment for that child. And we're already seeing... Kids that have gone. So we've we a couple of years ago we had our first full class graduate. The kid that started with us, um, and now we're starting to see these college graduates that are going out. They're getting successful, high-paying jobs, and they're coming back either donating time at the preparatory academy or donating money. And we're starting to see it come back. Dude, that's and,
0: that. That's amazing. I mean, amazing thing that you're doing because that's the change that needs to happen. That kind of change is what needs to happen across the United States. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. how we fix our streets. That's well, how you we You know fix I'm the involved with charities.
1: I'm involved with veterans charities. I'm involved with, you know, I'm 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 pretty set financially in my world. Yeah. Um, and so Yeah, you've done well. You, yeah. you you've done well for yourself, you know. Yeah. Um so th- but that's <laughs> veterans so my therapy for the way that the court system treated me when I came back, um got divorced from my first wife. Um the court treated me you know, all she had to do was walk in and say, oh, he's a Marine, he's abusive. I've never been convicted of a crime in my life, right? Never laid a hand on th- this was your first marriage? Yeah, this was my first marriage.
0: And so, so it was, it went was it like, that was a sour, a sour marriage? Like it yeah, went it was, south it was,
1: quick? Yeah, we, I, you know, I I don't want to say bad things about my ex. I, I try not to say bad things about anybody. But anyways, it it. Uh, but I really got treated poorly by the court. Mm-hmm. And, um, and every, everything that I had done, Oh, he's an abusive cop. Oh, he's an abusive Marine. He comes home and, you know, him and his Marines are out back and they're talking about when they shot somebody, you know, in Mogadishu, or they shot somebody in Iraq or, you know, and that's the kind of environment my kids were, man, my kids were in bed, you know, yeah. so, but the court used those things to t- to try and take custody of my children away from me. And it was, and so my therapy is I donate time to Father's Advocacy San Diego which is a group that helps fathers retain custody of their kids because I don't care what anybody tells you San Diego County child support services is a corrupt, terrible organization. Fuck yeah, it is. I mean, they, they, they submit false documents to the court. I filed a bar complaint against one of the attorneys down there. My freaking,
0: my first ex-wife went to their mediation people or whatever. And actually I was working as a security guard um, in downtown And my ex put, she just said, how much does he make? She's like, I don't know. I mean, she had access to all my bank accounts and she could figure that out. She's like, well, just put $6,000 a month. What? I wasn't even making, I wasn't even making a third of that. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? And so when I got served, I looked at, I was like, I was like, I wish I was making $6,000 a month. Yeah. Find me the money and you can have it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. So they, I, I went, I went there and f- you know, filed whatever, uh, you know, a response okay. to it. And, uh, you know, actually she just ended up being just lazy and not falling back up. So uh, it was easy. That was an easy day for me.
1: So they went in and she did the same. She claimed that she only made uh, 3500 a month. Now I had subpoenaed her pay records through sure. the court, right? Uh-huh. And, and so it was, it was September of that year and her pay stub showed pay year to date at over ninety thousand. Okay. September. That's so, definitely more than thirty five hundred a month. So and and so she was a nurse, she was a uh, nurse um uh she was working well she had been working on college but anyways but she had made ninety grand to date, right and I said and he goes and I go but she's listing that she only makes uh thirty five or forty five hundred a month And she's claiming that I make 9,000 a month. I was making about 7,400, but I was, but that was honest. That was, and I was showing, I, yeah, (laughs) I submitted my bank account statements. I said, I even, I said, I'll give you the pin number so that you can log on and look at my bank account at any given time. You show me where I'm making all this money. She goes, Oh, he gets paid cash. And I go, I go, man, once every three months I'll go sit on somebody's house and they'll give me 200 bucks. You know, I go, but I've I've never made more than $600 from any one person in cash in a year because you're required to claim it. I go, and I've, and I've never made more than two grand in cash throughout a year. I I just don't do it that much. I'm too busy running my business. I'm still a reserve in the Marine Corps, still doing reserve work with the police department. I go, I don't have, you know, bullshit. So we go in there and the the guy at San Diego County Department of Child Support Services and I go, You need to use her. Uh, this is her pay record, nine grand. You need to put that into your formula, and then you need to use my pay records and my and he goes, and he looks at me and he go and he picks up what she had filed and he goes, Yeah, we're gonna use this. And he goes, That's totally illegal. And he goes, you know, totally just flat out corrupt, you know. And um and he would say and he, you know, and then they did other stuff like they would suspend my security license for non paying. Like, so I got onto a payment plan, right? And then they would say, and she, anyways, they would suspend my license, and the judge would say, I would come in and say, Your Honor, I am current, I have paid. Here's my receipts. You know, this is, you know, I've given her this money. Well, she didn't like it when I paid the state because then she couldn't claim that I hadn't paid her, right? right. So, she's, so she would come in, file that she hadn't received child support, and I said, you know what, we're doing everything through the court. You wanna to talk to me, you send it to me in an email. If it's not verifiable, written, it's not. I told the judge, judge, who was very much under, reluctantly agreed, And um, but they would suspend my license, the San Diego County Department yep. of Child Support Services. I would go in, I would present the canceled checks to the judge, the judge would say, okay, you're current, release the license, and I would go out and I would say, you need to release it. And they would go, oh, here's the receipt. And I go, no, 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 you need to transmit it to the state because they won't release it unless it's transmitted from your law enforcement agency. And they would laugh at me and they'd go, yeah, good luck with that. And so I would go back in court, I would say, your honor, you know this attorney is refusing to follow the court order that my license be released. And she would say, your honor, Mr. Nolte's lying again. And I would say, your honor, go on the state website. It shows that my license is suspended. And then she would turn and she'd go, why is it? And she goes, go, oh, well, the system is down. And she would snicker, full on knowing the system wasn't down. And they would just, I mean, they were corrupt in the most heinous sense of the word. And then I made the mistake. So I took all this documentation, right? Court orders, the lack of transmittal. And I go to that glorious law enforcement institution, the FBI. And oh, I go, Jesus. this is public corruption, right? This is under the color of authority. In, uh, in, fra- in uh, impacting my rights uh, to the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, I go, because they are illegally suspending my license, causing me grave financial harm. The gal at the FBI, and you're gonna like this, so the gal at the FBI goes, We have terrorists to catch, right? And I go, What terrorists have you caught lately? You know, I'm like, You don't have terror. I go, This is public corruption. And she goes, do you think for one second, the FBI wants to get involved where we go out and we make the Department of Child Support Services look bad? And I go, they are bad, you know? And this female FBI agent, right? And so um, the, I turned the ringer off, I apologize. Um, And so the FBI uh, just literally, she kicks me out of the office, right? And I'm like, what a little, you know, so I, I'd gone into their aero drive office and I'd been interviewed, right? So a couple years later, Ted's now the supervisor of the human trafficking task force. And guess who shows up to be on the task force? Oh, that lady. The same agent. Oh, no. And so I walk in, I walk to the front room, looked at her. And I said, and I said, and, you know, one of the, go, <laughs> our, one of the, one of the cool FBI agents, I go, yeah, who is she? Why is she here? And he goes, oh, yeah, she's going to be on the team. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, He goes, what? And I go, you are relieved. You need to immediately. And she was, and she didn't even remember who I was. She was, she was, what's the matter? And I go, I go, I know for a fact that you're a biased agent. I go, step outside and I'll talk to you in a minute. I conclude the meeting, get my people up and running. We're trying to track down these human traffickers. And I walk outside and her supervisor comes over and goes, what's the deal? And I go, I go, at no time is she to come anywhere near these offices. I don't want her to have access to our stuff. And he's like, this is pretty serious. What are you doing, you know? You're gonna ruin her career. And I go, it should be ruined. I go, she's a, you know, and he's like, you know, so I come aside and I, and so I start talking to him. I go, this is what happened. I go, and she chewed me out. She called me a deadbeat dad, even though I had all the records saying that I was Uh never a deadbeat dad. I go, she called me a deadbeat dad. She said, it, you know, and I told him exactly how she treated me. And I go, I go, you know, she's not willing to even look at the facts. She wouldn't even open the box. She's like, we're not going to get in the FBI is the premier law for We're not going to get involved in trying to make the San Diego child support. Right. So. So he's like, he's like, oh, my God. He goes, you know what? She went through to try and get on this task force. I go, I don't care what she did. She's not coming on. And I'm the guy. Not you know, not while I'm in charge. Not while I'm in charge. And um, so he was like, so that um, and I was expecting to get sued from that. Uh, so, you didn't. No, because no. I was able to give the date, the time, and they had a recording of the interview. And um, that kind of put the nail at she's no longer with their agency. So. Oh, I could only imagine. You know, yeah, good so on her, man. Good on you. I mean, good on your supervisor was like, really? Really? You know, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I go, I'm not going to have, you know, I go, call it revenge, call it petty, call it whatever. But I'm basing my decision on my prior knowledge of her behavior as a law enforcement officer. We call that karma. That was that and was a was big fucking karma, karma right turned right on her desk. Yep. <laughs> so
0: was, so, uh, so you went, I mean, that's that's taken emotional toll on you. I mean, because now one, you're now your business is being threatened, your livelihood is you know getting script and con- continuously uh I mean, that's that's what gave me
1: PTSD. Iraq, Afghanistan, nothing that doesn't give me PTSD. What gives me PTSD is coming home, not committing a crime, not doing anything wrong, and then having the court label me in front of my children. As you know, and they're trying to make me out of this baby killer image and all this. Stuff. My kid, I've never my kids have never been abused a day in their life. Right. My kids are so yeah, abused with love. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But don't get me wrong, I fully believe in giving a good spanking. Hell yeah, I, got, I mean, my dad, one time my dad gave me a spanking for something I did. I go, and I and he later found out that I didn't. And I go, I go, yeah. So I, you know, and he goes, shut up. He goes, I know you did something anyways that you got away with. So just take it on account and I'll I'll you know, I'm like. And I did. I did so much to iron so many butt whippings yeah. that I didn't get. Yeah. Right. So I, I was like, yeah, you got a point. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the licking. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, I, I think a lot more kids should get
0: their butt. Did, did you, so how'd you help? What helped you go through all that time? Uh, was it like, did you have like a hobby or did you go to therapy or? I did. I, I went, I
1: talked, I didn't, uh, therapy didn't do that much. We, uh, so we went to a marriage counselor. A marriage counselor just flat out, you know, told my ex, she goes, you know, yeah. you're, you're destroying the marriage. And so well, I knew what that was, but my therapy was working for father's advocacy, helping yeah. out other um, people that have ab- and let me tell you, they abused some people uh, just horrible. Um, I had a, I went and I helped a young Marine captain. He'd been deployed overseas. He had a daughter. She went to San Diego state university. She turns 18. He lets her move into his apartment, right? And but he's told DFAS, the uh the military pay, yeah. that as of this date, she's 18, I'm no longer responsible for paying child support. He's still sending his kid money, he's letting her live in his apartment. Well, first month goes by, second month goes by, and San Diego Department of Child Support Services garnishes his wages, right? Then, so you know what it's like in the military when you're officer in yeah. the military, right? He gets a legal hold notice. He's a company commander in the Marine Corps infantry, stellar career, right? And all of a sudden they pull him out of the field and say, hey, you got to go back home and get your stuff squared away. And you're getting your first signing, right? You, you know what a signing is to- no, no, I don't. So in the Marine Corps, you get fitness reports. You get fitness. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 so yeah. So you first page 11. evaluations,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, so they pull this guy who's a leader of men out of combat. So he comes back. And he comes in, well, it turns out what happened was they start garnishing his wages, even though he has legally met all obligations, right? And they start garnishing his wages. Well, what happens is they take that money and they give it to his ex, right? That she's no longer entitled to this money. Right. So he comes back.
0: And this kid's not even living with his ex. He's living at his house.
1: Yes. And he's supporting her. She's at San Diego State University. So then he says, so the judge goes, you're absolutely right. We're, we're going to go ahead and write a letter saying you're exonerated and send it to the Marine Corps, right? But then he goes, well, I want my money back. And they go, no, you can't have your money back. And he goes, why? He goes, you illegally garnished <laughs> my wages and gave it to my ex. You know, they go, once it's distributed, you have no legal recourse. And they took like $8,000 of his yeah. money. He, and they he said, don't... no, you're not getting it back. And and then when he goes in, so I'm in there and I'm, I'm helping him prepare his case and stuff like that. The lady from Department of Child Support Services says, well, you shouldn't have stopped paying this in the first place. And he goes, I wasn't obligated to. And she goes, it doesn't matter. You keep paying and then you sort it out. And he goes, but you still would have given the money to my ex, right? And she goes, yes. And I still couldn't have got it back, right? And she's all, oh, uh, yes. you know," and, she, and he goes, so what's the excuse for your behavior? And she goes, it happens. It's like you ruined this guy's life for months, you know, Fuck. and he's got it. And it doesn't matter. Your first signing in when you get a page, an adverse page 11 legal hold pulled out of the field when you're on deployment, you're fucked, your, you're screwed, you're, you're your fucked. military career is hosed, yep. you know, and all of this. And it was done by incompetence and intentional negligence. So that's a, That's all I'm going to say about San Diego County Department of Child Services. But uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah. yeah, ask me my yeah. opinion on that. That was my opinion. Yeah, no, I
0: no, I think it's very loud. It's very clear, man. It's like crisp, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so, it was. Uh, but so so did it? Know, so, did, so did that, I, those were the bad things. But that's how I dealt with it. And yeah. I dealt with it by being involved in some of the most awesome cherry triple B adventures. You know, um, we call it beers bonding and brotherhood. Or wait, brotherhood bonding and bonfires. We're not supposed to have beer in there. There's oh, a lot. Okay. Of yeah, so, yeah, right. But, you know, but we take families. It's like, a silent B at the end. Yeah, blue star and blue star families. We take the kids out camping. I take them out shooting at my ranch. Yep. I have a full blown twelve acre ranch, such a shooting facility, out in Anza Borrego. We take the kids out camping, riding quads and dirt bikes, um, and that's great there because you actually get to interact with kids whose dad's yep. been gone for months. The moms stressed out. We help them with groceries. We help them with. That kind of stuff.
0: That that's amazing, man. I mean, it, it really, really is. You know, the generosity that you give out, uh, and but not only that, but how you dealt with your
1: situation. That's and, it's selfish. Don't get me wrong. Giving, I giving is that was my therapy. I, sure. I, I mean, that's how I dealt with it. So it's not. Don't count it towards generosity. That's how I dealt. It's more a case of me flipping the bird at the system and saying screw yeah. you. I'm still going to help these people. Yeah. You know absolutely. Saying, That's, that's how I'm dealing with it. It's, it's not some great, it's a selfish thing. These
0: are not, I mean, that's, that's okay to have. That's okay to be like, Hey, listen, fine. You did this to me. I'm going to do my best to make sure this doesn't happen to other people. And I want to back them up. Like, you know, how do you give two big middle fingers Mm -hmm. by helping other people through it and saying, screw you, fuck with them. See what happens. You know, it could cost you your career, you know, like, and and rightfully so, man. It needs to be wiped clean, man. I think there needs no, there to be an no, the no, overhaul no, there's no, there's no. of it. So what do you do? What's what's your number one hobby you got right now? I mean, you, you talked about guns.
1: Oh, I shoot. I used to be a competitive shooter.
0: Oh, did, fuck. Ride. Okay. I was about to challenge you to a shooting contest. I am not going to do that now. <laughs>
1: See, now, if you go on Amazon and you read the reviews, some of the people have read my book. They've met me out at shooting competitions and read some of the reviews on Amazon. They're like, All right. there's this guy... Um, Sig Sauer, um, although yeah. I, I, I can't say anything, they wrote a really flattering article about me um, when I was shooting competition. I'm old now. I'm in masters division. I mean, I, I, getting a shot string off now. So get, masters division
0: bit. is just another classification. You're old. <laughs> old. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so, I was really competitive, and then all
1: of a sudden, I was an old guy. So after masters, is it catheter? division. <laughs> <laughs> no, Masters is it. But I'll tell you what, there's some bubble's that shoot Masters division that are really... I mean, you look at Jerry Mitchelik. I mean, that guy is yeah. Yeah, that guy is insane. I mean, I'm not even 1% of what he is, you know? I mean, yeah. this guy, he can throw a can up in the air, draw, shoot from the hip and hit a can, like, three times. Man, I need to be on my sights and I'm lucky <laughs> if I can hit the can one out of ten times. I mean, this, Oh, fuck. You know, so my... My you know I'm I'm good, I'm fast and I'm good with my tactics and and I'm really good with a rifle, a, s- a smoke pole. Like my Barrett, if you're within sixteen hundred yards of me, I will I will you
0: can hit a sixteen hundred yard target.
1: Yeah, I I've yeah, I will I will hit an eight-inch plate at sixteen hundred yards. We gotta go shooting. I
0: we gotta Come go out shooting
1: to Let's go, let's yeah. do this. So you're also an avid scuba diver, right? Yes. Um it, so my, my wife, my my current wife, my forever wife. I'm hoping she ceases, honey. So Donna, <laughs> sort of being you. a saint, um, sort of being a saint, she's an addict. So okay. It would have been so much easier for me if I would have got her addicted to crack cocaine. However, <laughs> I got her probably add- cheaper, right? Yeah, a lot cheaper. <laughs> so um, I got her addicted to scuba diving. So we spend about 10 days every month traveling somewhere in the world and scuba diving. Belize, my, my daughter is a di- So how I got for, so I was a combat swimmer in the Marine Corps when uh-huh. I was doing all my cool training. So I was a, I'm a diver. And I kept telling my kids, hey, come scuba diving and tell you know. And, and my first one, no, oh, there's too much training to do. And, you know, and my kids were like, oh, we have to go to class. I don't want to go to class. And So finally we get to Maui and um, we love it. And this dive shop, has a discovery dive where they take you out for two dives. Yeah. You go to a little half hour class. Yeah. When they take you out and you actually do two dives, and, uh, right there at Kanapali Airport Beach and then Mala Ramp, which is the sea turtle heaven. So we go out there and we get on our first dive, right? And I'm having a good old time, right? I'm back in my element. And we go down and we hit 40 feet in this gorgeous moray eel, it looks like lava, it's red and orange and just this phenomenal looking, beautiful animal swims right past us. And my daughter's going like this. And then this sea turtle comes by, you know? So we finish the dive, we come to the surface, and my wife's face mask looks like her head exploded. Her eyes are this big. And she's on the surface, and and she's shaking. And she goes, that was the coolest thing I did in my life! And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I go, second coolest thing after marrying me, right? She's like, in all real honesty, you're like third or fourth behind the kids and some other stuff. I'm like, okay. But my daughter comes to the surface and she looks at me and she goes, daddy, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I'm like, really? And she goes, yes, whatever it takes, this is what I want to do. So I paid for her to go through IDC instructor development course. Um, she's now a master scuba diver instructor and nice. she's the dive captain for Dive Maui. If you're going to go diving on Maui, go to Dive Maui, ask for Abby. There's my shameless plug. And, um, uh, and she is living her best life. She yeah. gets tipped every day, and she goes. My office is silent because I mean, people can't talk to you. The, all, all you yeah, got is you know. Her office is paradise. That's like
0: you know, done going up, you know. And if you love diving, let us know where your favorite spot is, you know, and somewhere new and exciting that isn't just tourist the shit out of, you know. So what are you? So okay. where's your favorite spot? Like Tempicles, Lanai, the island of Lanai. What, uh, where is that? Hawaii
1: in Hawaii so you, really yeah you take a boat across from Maui uh-huh. and they have I'll I'll send you some pictures it is the most beautiful underground there's all these arches and uh, what? cathedral number 1 is their lava domes that were formed when the islands were formed yeah and then when they cooled they cracked but cathedral number 1 the ceiling fell it's a rectangular piece of so the ceiling fell and landed right in the middle of this sandy chamber And the light comes through, and it looks like the cathedrals in Rome. That's why they call it cathedrals. And it is the most stunningly beautiful place. The light comes in, and they have little soldier fish that are red, same color as the Vatican Guard, right? And they have a confessional. So you swim up. There's the altar. Sunlight streaming through. Angels are singing, right? I mean, it's it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. God created this most beautiful. And then you go over to... This side chamber, and there's a puffer fish, and he comes out and takes your confession. It's for real. Cathedrals. Yeah, anybody wow. Fuck! I, the I have to go. You gotta go. You dive right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come out. Yeah. I'll take, come visit us in Campoballi. <laughs> yeah. I'll done. take you diving to all the best spots. Bring Dude, the kids. Done. Well, yeah. So 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 the cathedrals. Um, I've we've done everything. The blue hole in Belize. Um. Uh, you know, all it, is the Blue Hole in Belize as amazing
0: as everybody says it is? The show wouldn't be made possible without our sponsors. Red, White, and Badass Brew. And Go Man Go Productions.
1: No, it's formal. Sorry, I had to say that. Is it? So, so we're in Ambergris Cay. All the dive shops come out of Ambergris Cay. Okay. So, it's a three and a half hour choppy boat ride <laughs> yeah. in this boat. Three and a half hours. Take you're your gun, It's a cattle car. You get out there, you stop, you jump in, and because it's a deep dive, you're going down to 150, 160, feet. depending if you're a mixed air, exotic breather, if you're running TriMix or whatever, do it. You can dive down deeper, but most recreational divers are limited right at 160 feet. So, you go down there, you swim around, there's some stuff, but your bottom time is only five minutes. Yeah. So, you descend, you, everybody meets up on this sandy shelf, you go over the edge, and it's cool. It's a one and done. You know, it's, it's yeah, once two, you do one, it, you don't ever need to go back to it. don't need to go do it again. The fingers off of Belize, the reef along Ambergris Cay is amazing. So, um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Blue Hole was good. I am the fish whisperer. <laughs> so, see, now you say that, but That's I have it. a very intimate relationship with a Mexican hogfish and a shark in Cabo Pumo down next to Cabo San Lucas. What kind of shark? La Paz. So uh Chocho Cho is an um, eight-and-a-half-foot female bull shark. She's docile. Fuck you. Really? A bull well, shark? My best friend. Yeah. Oh, she's she'll swim right up, put her head in your lap. You can pet her. No. She's, so Cabo Pumo is a marine preserve.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: the sharks are so well-fed. It's amazing. Right? Okay, all right. Tons of bull sharks. If you ever... You go online and talk about Cabo Pumo, the bull sharks are all over the place. So I'm down there, my very first dive down there, we're diving a wreck called El Vensador, super popular. We get to the bottom and I start swimming, and this hogfish swims out. Now, something has tried to eat him in the past because the bottom of his tail fin is bitten off and it's torn in half, right? So, very unique looking fish. Comes out and he starts rubbing up against my arm, and he's like a puppy dog. He's swimming around. and He comes up and he looks at me, and he swims off. Right. So I get my finger down and I dig a sand crab out for him. He comes over, and snatches the sand. I have now. I have all video. This is I have video documentation to prove this because people will go no, and This doesn't happen. right? So this fish starts following me around. No matter where we go, we'll go out into the sand flats to be with the bull sharks. All the none, none of the other fishes leave the wreck. The bull sharks will eat them right. This guy comes out and he stays right next to me the whole time. And like, I'll flick seashells at him and he'll swim after him and fetch them, pick them up, and bring them back to me.
0: Wow, no! So, way. and I have
1: video, I have video, right? So, we come to the surface. This is my first dive on the wreck. You gotta send us the video. So, I I asked the uh, um, I asked the dive guy, he goes, Hey, is that fish like that with everybody's a look fish? And I'm so I'm flipping out my GoPro and I'm like, This fish. And he goes, never seen it before. And this guy, Alex, he's he's like the dive master for the shop down there. He's all, I've never seen that fish before, right? So over the course of the next two years, I dive the site five, six more times. Every time, as soon as I hit the bottom, it's like 45 feet deep. Yeah. As soon as I hit the bottom, this fish is like right there. And he's growing and growing. And I'm videotaping him. Right? And my wife is over me by this time, right? So I get to the bottom and I'm like, look, my fish is here. You know what I'm like? I'm like a kid in a candy store. You know, so I sit on the bottom and I play with my fish, right? And my wife's like, f you. And my who's my dive buddy, right? In the military, right. dive buddies never separate. My wife's right. like, whatever. He's your dive buddy, and she's off swimming dude, around the dude. wreck with the rest of the dive group, and I'm and I'm just ecstatic that this fish. So finally, this last year, and I'll send you more video. So he is now gone. When I first met him, he was like this big. Now he's like shoulder width. I mean, he's good size. So they only allow so many divers on the wreck in a month. So we got there at the end of the month. The wreck was closed for diving. And I'm like, I'm so bummed I'm not going to see my fish, right? Well, you can dive the reef right next to the wreck. So we start doing a drift dive. They drop us off upstream. And we're cruising along uh, Los Moros. It's called Los Moros Reef. And all of a sudden, I feel this bonk on my leg. And I look down and my fish has swum a quarter mile from the wreck out to be with me, right? And he circles around me, and he always smells my fins. So I use I Sea Wing um, uh novas, Okay. Sea right? Wing Novas; yeah. they're you know, high-performance fins. He goes over, and as soon as he smells my fins, he just starts going crazy. He's swimming around me again, and you can't miss him because the bottom of his fin is, you can't, he's- Yeah, he's, he's,
0: yeah. He, it's a anyway, unique identifier to that yeah. fish.
1: And the fact that he crawls into my lap, you know, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there with tears. So we get to the bar. uh, So we finish our dive day. We get to the bar. Right. And I'm telling some friends, I'm like, yeah, I got to see my fish and look at that. I'm showing him the videos. I go, he swam a quarter mile to see me. He had to smell me when I was upstream to come out and meet me, you know, and I'm sitting there. And this guy at the next table goes, that's cool. I got a whale. I, (laughs) I look over at him. And he goes, he goes, yeah. And he whoops out his phone. And so it happens that about five or six years before um, he had been out. He's an avid scuba diver. He had been out at La La Paz and um, they came across a female California gray whale that was in distress. She was tangled up in some fishing line, some fishing net and some other stuff. And he's like, so he jumped in and he went over and she's just barely being able to stay up and breathe. Um, she's having to inhale yeah. to keep positive buoyancy and then hold her breath. And she's trying to kick her flukes, but she was just exhausted. And he's got video too. Yeah. So, and uh, so this guy jumps in, goes over and she has where, you know, the gray whales get barnacles on yeah. the faces, and stuff. So she has a barnacle scar right under her eye that looks just like a four leaf clover. Right. So he goes over there and he's got this video and comes up and just this soulful look, this whale's looking at him. Right. So he goes back there and he spends like two hours, just sawing through netting and it's cut into her flukes and it's cut into her, right? And he's sawing and finally it breaks free, right? And she just sits there for a while, just breathing and relaxing. And he swims up and he pets her by the eye and she moans. She makes this noise. So he tries to imitate it and he moans back to her and she moans again. And, um, so he sits there and he spends like five hours with this whale in the water on the surface, wow. mask and snorkel, no dive gear, no nothing. Yeah. And he just pets her and stays there. Finally, she gets her strength back and she swims away. So the next year, in calving season, he goes out there and he jumps in the water and just as a joke, he moans again, right? Yep. And um, and then he throws on his scuba gear, and he does his dive. And as he's coming back to the surface, he sees a gray whale. Takes his regular regulator out and moans, right? Whale does a 90 degree turn, dives down, comes up, looks at him, same eye, same scar, and they go to the surface together.
0: Wow. And she
1: sits there and she breaches and plays with them five years in a row. This guy's going down there and he's meeting this whale. And he's got these videos. And I'm like, so now I have totally been emasculated It's like the case. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. I'm, like,
1: I'm like, yeah, but do you have a shark? And he's like, like, no, he goes, you know, those are bull sharks, right? And I go, check this out. So I show him a picture of Chocho, right? Now, Chocho is not the world's biggest bull shark, but she's pretty close. Eight and a half feet is huge for a bull shark. Eight and a half feet is monstrous. So Chocho, it was funny. My wife was down on the bottom, and we were letting the shark swim around us. And Chocho swims up. I'm on this side of my wife. Chocho swims up. And stops maybe 10 feet from my wife and stops. And from my angle, there's my wife and her head and the tip of her fins. And there's this much chocho over here and this much So looking at that, I'm like, that's a fucking 10-foot shark, you know? She was. She's about eight and a half. And she just swims up. And ever since, you know, and we're sitting out there, she'll come right up. The male sharks, male bull sharks, they're like five to seven feet. Yeah, they get testy if she shows you too much love. They'll come over and bump you. And oh you really? Oh yeah, you have to violently blow bubbles at them and stuff like that. It's uh, that's
0: so it's, that's crazy, man. I love I love your stories, and we're gonna be definitely talking some more some more <laughs> stories with scuba, man. I love it. I it's ther- that's a therapy for me is some scuba oh, diving. Yeah. So you you got your poem? You got your poem ready? Oh, you ready? Let's yes, do sir. it, man!
1: Hit me with some poetry. Okay. Read out of here. It's all right. Okay. So this is a poem by Ted Nolte. It's called those days. Are you ready? If I get a tear out of you, I'm telling you, I miss those days. The ones that have gone by when I looked with wonder at the big bright sky back in my innocent time. Yeah. I miss those days. I miss those days when my kid held my hand as we walked on the beach, our toes in the sand, the salt on her face, Oh, I miss those days. These days I see the anger on the street, the self-involved people whose eyes you can't meet. What happened to yes, sir, no, ma'am, and please? Man, I miss those days. Where are those days when I do meant for life, when relationships weren't disposable and our kids knew no strife? Boy, we need those days. We need those days with both parents at home, big family dinners, all smiles, no phones. Please, let's make those days. Who are we now when we talk about race? Why do we see color instead of a pretty face? We should all be kind to each other. Yeah, I'd love those days. I remember those days, Semper Fi and never alone, standing with my brothers, some whose names are carved in stone. Sometimes I relive those days. I miss those days from so long ago, just a flicker in my memory. What I can't remember, I don't know. I think I miss those days. <clears throat> I miss those days, the ones yet to come. There's so much potential for me and everyone. I hope we get it right. Yeah, I want to see those days. So wow, man. Yeah, so the, that's fucking good, dude. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Got me onto the American Poet Society scene. And, um, so I wrote some other stuff. A lot, I a lot of it I've never put out, um, especially when I, you know, like when I was angry. Yeah. I would write poems about, you know, the injustices and stuff like that. And, um, so I've had a couple of people approach me to do songwriting and some other stuff like that. So
0: That's, that's awesome, man. All right, we're plugging your books.
1: Uh, we're plugging my books? Yep, plugging your books, man. Tell me about okay. your books. So uh, the very first book that I completed is The Locker. It's every stupid thing I did in the Marine Corps every stupid thing I did as a cop, all rolled into a book. Um, So uh, uh, 270,000 copies sold worldwide. Um, This book is on all seven continents, including Antarctica. So if you go to the research station down in Antarctica, (laughs) I have a picture of my book. Um, A friend of one of my publishers um, went out there and he actually sent me a picture. He said, "Ted." Your book is one of the favorite books down here that they, all, the researchers all read. Because when they go dark during the winter, yeah. all they do is read books and watch Netflix. Right. Know? So um, so this book is on all seven continents, uh, which is a huge point of pride with me to think that I've entertained people around the world. Um, you know, they've actually liked my book that much. So, um, and this is uh, my first bestseller. Uh, the next is Gone Farrell. Um, so horror news magazine said that this is the best zombie novel ever written and there's no zombies in it. So I thought that was a pretty cool claim to fame right there. Hell yeah. Yeah, So you need to frame that. Yeah. so, (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So horror news, um, wrote the review and they said this, everything is so real in this book. It's totally frightening. Um, you, you, it's a must read. So, um, this is another, um, this developed into, uh, the UK is really into horror and zombies and stuff. Yeah. So gone feral means, um, the attack, it's a chemical attack in the United States. You've heard of bath salts, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a type of bath salt called flaca and they call it the zombie drug. And it literally turns you into a zombie and you become a cannibal. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, the naked guy on the grass in Florida. Yeah. Exactly. He was under the influence of Flocca. Right. So I I watched that news clipping and I was like, oh my God. Then I started doing research and I'm like, what is this stuff that people are? It turns out some clown instead of cutting his dope with baking soda, he cut it with dry bleach. So instead of using sodium bicarbonate, he's using sodium hypochlorite, right? This stuff and it destroys the blood brain barrier, and the chemicals concentrate in the fatty cells of your brain, make you nuts. You get you lose all inhibitions, and you become a cannibal. A, you run around in rage wow. as a cannibal. So I thought, oh man, there's a story in there. Um, so this is a total work of fiction, a lot of Marines, a lot of military, good shoot 'em up stuff in here. Um, nice. But this came out and uh, hit immediately shot to the bestseller list in the UK and um, so I get a uh, uh, a Facebook message from this girl and she goes hi I'm the president of your fan club right and to me I'm like I've sold six books how big of a fan club can I have and it's this group of people in the UK that get around and read horror books and they when they find an author they like they just say okay what are your fan club in the UK <laughs> is what they did right and i'm yeah. like and i'm but i'm still this young rookie author at this point i'm like oh my god i'm so and they're like can we zoom call with you and and you know and would you sign a book to us i go give me all your names i'm gonna send you all an autograph card i'm, yeah. like, I'm like so i'm like i got a fan club right? oh shit you made like, it so, <laughs> you know so Catherine, um who i love Catherine. if you ever see this podcast i still love you guys over there um so she's like yeah i'm the president of the fan club and, so, um, so she starts, she's like, oh my God, this is the coolest author. And, and so other people start reaching out to me and I start getting some traction and my sales just rocket in the UK. Then all of a sudden my publisher, uh, Sus- Susie, calls me and goes, Hey, um, are you going to write a sequel to gone feral? And I go, I don't know. Am I, you know, I, you know, and she goes, I'm going to send you a file. You need, this is what's coming into Amazon right now right? And I go, okay. So I get an email and there's a zip file and I click on the zip file and it's 3,200 emails, right? Of all these people that have read this book and absolutely love it, 90% of them are women. This is where I'm going to say right now that I absolutely adore the female species. I love women. You all are crazy (laughs) because women are sending me they're like, oh my, so there's no, a shit. That's
0: game. Ted Nolte saying that. That is not Dustin Hay saying that. <laughs> I do not think you're crazy and I'm single. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: anyway, so these, these women are sending me oh, these emails shit. and they're like, oh, you know, is Barry based on your son, which Barry was partially based on my son, who just bailed out of the office. Um, I said, you know, I said, yeah, you know, and I'm answering all these fan emails and stuff, but there's 3,200 emails and they're like, when are you going to write a book about Barry? Barry, 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 Barry. This 12-year-old character in here, and I only used him as an arc to bring two groups of survivors together, right? So he was kind of a minor character, and then when I revised the book, I made him into more of a character, and they're screaming for me to write a book about Barry. So it took me a year to write this book, took me a year to write this book, right? So soon my publicist goes, write something about Barry, right? Meanwhile... These women, so I have a PO box for my, uh, my author mail to go to, right? And these women are, again, my life with granny panties showing up in my life, right? Women are mailing me their underwear, sending me pictures, you know, all this other stuff. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, I'm married, you know, Uh, you know, and they're like, well, I mean, are you married, married, or are you just married or, you know, and I'm like, whoa, I go, my wife can bench press both of us, just stop, you know, and, uh, so anyways, um, so I sit down. So these books took me a year. So I sit down and I write Barry's Walk. These are all available on Amazon. All available. You can get them at Barnes & Noble, Barnes & Noble Plus. Um, uh, I'm plugging these, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I was going to wait until you got done talking about it, but fuck it. Let's go, man. Plug them. Yeah. Where do you get them? Yeah. Amazon is
1: number one publisher of books in the world. So, mm. um, so I sit down. And in thir- I started writing on the 1st of October. And on the 30th of October, 30 days later, I hit the end. And I wrote this book in 30 days, right? Wow. This is the first book Amazon had that had verified reviews, no backlink reviews. Verified reviews had perfect five-star reviews for eight months. No other book has come on the shelf and done that well review wise. Now, sales were mediocre and they were almost all repeat sales off of people that had gone through. Uh, Then some people got a hold of it and go, oh, this is, so, but this tells Barry's story. So I had to use a section of this book as middle filler. Uh I expanded on it and wrote it, but there's a lot of the same material in the books. So a lot of people didn't like that. They're like, I read Gone I didn't want to reread it in Barry's Walk, but it, it just expanded upon his time because I couldn't just leave the middle out of his story. Right, and that's part in, of the story. Yeah, so I took some heat for that, and I, I probably could have written it a little different or taken it out of here, but anyways, I wrote it. The fans love it, and um, so this is book two in the Gone Farrell series. Um, there is a book three. Um, it's called A Day Better... Uh, I'm sorry... Uh, the book three is called "The Other Side of Me," and it's written from the perspective of one of the ferals, of one of the oh. go, the cannibals. Yeah. Um, so I tried to I wrote I had to write it as a psychopath. So oh, I had man. to study what it's like to be a psycho, an unrelenting killer. It was it so was who did who did you, who'd you study to get the everything? Number? Ed Gain, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy. Fuck. I studied all the classics. Yeah. Kind of got there. Um, then I did, I read some, so remember I was a psychology minor in college. So, uh, I, uh, you know, I knew where to dig for the psychological diagnoses and things that would happen and how, uh, what true psychopathy is versus sociopathy. Um, and I wanted these people that have no inhibitions, straight id, there's id, ego and superego. And I wanted them to straight lizard brain concerned about nothing but their drives and what what is the what a what is the drive for a biological entity? Eat, reproduce, and well, eat, sleep, and fuck. Right. So, yeah, yeah. No, you can
0: so, say man, eat, sleep, and cool. fuck. <laughs> yeah,
1: so 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 that's all these people want to do huh? is eat other people, get it on with other people, and sleep. So oh. and so I had to you know, but nothing was off limits. I wrote it. There's a a rapey scene in there. And what was weird is, like, I got, like, eight women that just were disgusted with the rape scene. They're like, oh, my God. I had 8,000 women that were like, oh, my God, that turned me on. And I'm like, really? I go, really? Oh, like, shit. On. And they go, just the way you described it. They go, oh, my God. I go, but it was, you understand it was rape, you know? And yeah. they go, yeah, but you wrote it with such compassion. for So the bad guy is named Elon Matthews, this feral individual. Yeah. They go, you wrote it with such compassion and you, you explained why he was doing it. That I felt sympathy for him, you know. And, and you just and so I, and I describe him as this muscular, very handsome. Man. He's a he's a pastor, right? Who oh gets, man! Talk about talk
0: about putting a touch of evil on it. Oh yeah, it was. Oh man! So there's
1: some, and I'm not going to give you the plot twist at No, the end, don't, don't. But to get the these, book. Yeah, all these people just came out. So I had like I had some people criticize it. But most of them just loved it, and so we sent it out to. We do beta testing, right? Mm-hmm. We sent it out. So I wrote a G-rated version, and I wrote the original version because I wrote this guy as a bad guy. So as yeah. a matter of fact, um, he was one of the Marines that I served with. He's now a pastor, and he's like, and his kids loved Barry's Walk. Yeah. And I go, and they go, can you make make my dad a bad guy? And I'm like, really? And I'm like, so I wrote him, and then I, when I was done, I wrote a G-rated version that the kids could read, but I wrote this. Like double X rated version, everybody loved it. They go leave it like that. If people don't like it, screw them. They need to get a thicker skin. And um, and so that's what yeah, I then, Fucking amazing. Yeah, you gotta so, get it
0: now. You gotta get Barry's Walk.
1: You yeah, gotta get Barry's, Barry's Walk, Walk. You, get you gotta get the Barry. sequel to it. And then uh, the last the sequel book. Uh so Barry's Walk, the other side of me, and then the very last book in the series is called A Day Better Than Yesterday, and that's about the United States recovering from this horrible, nasty thing. Yes. And it's where, so there's a cliffhanger at the end of Barry's Walk. A couple of the characters are shot. We don't know who lives and dies. There's a funeral, but I don't tell you who dies. And uh, boy, you t- I'll tell you what, you want to get fans yeah. angry? Yeah. I mean, they were showing up at my door with pitchforks and torches. <laughs> They're like, Who died? Who was it? And I'm like, yeah, wait. Till book, you you got wait. Oh wait man, talk four. about so book three comes out, and they're like, what? What's going on?" Yeah. I'm like, wait till book four, and it's so there's uh, and, there it is. Boom. But my publisher, you know, is sitting there saying, "Hey, Ted, that's traction. You keep this. Doesn't matter if they're happy with you or mad at you. They're gonna buy that book to find out what happens." Absolutely, so, sweet yeah, dude.
0: That's awesome, man. So get the books.
1: Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Yeah, there's uh, a. I have a whole list of books in there. Um, so I wrote, uh, a couple of charity anthologies, uh, for some kids. Um, I wrote, uh, so, uh in a charity anthology, um, for veterans, um, that's called Painted Mayhem. It's about, um, sociopathic clowns, serial killer clowns. Um, so we all wrote a story for that. Um, and then I wrote a story called Ooey Gooey. Uh, it was a charity for a young heart patient and a bunch of us got together and wrote, uh, wrote stories for it. And it's called bite-sized offerings, two books, the money, 100%. None of us authors get royalties all. And these are amazing authors. There's some guys in there that are just, uh, John Hancock, Sean Chesser, uh, uh, Mark Tufo. And so
0: you get these, and so you find these books, they're on Amazon and Barnes and Noble too. Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So all these, and is there a website they can go to to find all these books? Amazon.
1: Amazon. Yeah. Well, so they, they, they type enter, in Ted Nolte. If you put Ted Nolte, my name in the search bar, you're going to get a list of all the books that I've written, or I've helped people write, or I've written the forward to it. I have a book in there. A friend of mine wrote it. Ronnie Molina. He's a martial artist. Um, so he approached me, um, writing the forward about it because of my martial arts history and yep. stuff. And um, so. Um, so I, it's called listening to the masters. If you're into martial arts at all, read that book. Some of today's, we wrote that book with some of today's, uh, current martial artists, uh, Gracie's, if you're into BJJ, karate, taekwondo, Aikido, um, you know, I'm very it funk. Up. So he, <laughs> I don't know who he is. So, but, uh, yeah, Ronnie, Malina, I'm gonna have to pick it up, man. Excellent. And it comes up under my name because I'm listed as one of the contributors, um, and so there's a couple of projects that I've Wild Awakening, Greg Matthews, um, he wrote, he was attacked by a grizzly bear up in Alaska. And this is his story of how coming, finding God helped him on his road to recovery. Um, horrible, wow. horrible. Uh, if you ever saw The Revenant where Leonardo DiCaprio gets torn up by the bear, yeah. that's literally based on Greg Matthews surviving this grizzly attack. Wow. It drug him two and a half miles into the woods by his head completely degloved, took all the skin off of his head from his neck up, was gone. Um, Chewed him up all over the place. Just amazing, amazing man, amazing story. Uh, So, And I helped write the foreword for him and um, helped him write uh, when he was publishing. So I've only had two people who I've said, just shut up, don't worry about it, just write the book. And Greg Matthews and Ronnie Molina are those two people both very talented individuals. And you'll see their their titles in uh when you type in my name.
0: Hell yeah. Ted, I gotta say something here. You know what makes you a badass?
1: Poetry. No?
0: I'm yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually that's yeah, absolutely. You let you let it on the line and you wrote it down and you brought it from the heart. You yeah. went through challenging times in your life. Multiple times that your career was in jeopardy. Your businesses could have failed because of what you were going through personally, and you didn't fucking quit.
1: You uh, keep feel- writing
0: the books and you keep living the dream. And your heart of gold helping people out and not just because it's for the good, it's because it's for a goodful revenge. And that's what makes you a badass, Ted Nolte. You are a badass.
1: Can I get, dude? If I get a little, I want one of these. So your coffee conversations, that needs to be made into a challenge coin. We need to make that into a challenge coin. I'll pay for it. But I I want one. I want a badass. If I'm gonna, if you're gonna call me a badass, and I have to accept it, I'm gonna. We're gonna make challenge coins for guests that come on your show. Dude, I love that. Let's do it. All right, let's do it, Ted. Thank you so much for
0: fucking being on here, man. Thank you so much uh, I had
1: a blast. I had a awesome.
0: Blast. this isn't gonna
1: be the last time my friend oh okay well call me that I, I kind of show my wife. I don't have I mean unless we get into stories from work or whatever you know yeah um, yeah so uh, so uh where can we so where can we find your security company online too? no I so I'm a boot I'm what they call a boutique firm um I only and I'm not taking any extra work on right now I have um I hate to sound snobbish or stuck up. Uh, but I only specialized in distressed commercial properties. I have a very hard time hiring people of the quality required to do sure. this job. Um, so I have a very, I hate to, like I said, I don't want to sound snobbish, but I have a very limited clientele. Uh-huh. Uh, I work by referral only. Yeah. Um, you have to be a known uh, um, property manager in the area. Um, you have to be kind of well-received. Sure. Uh, I don't work for firms. I am at the point in my life financially um, where I don't need the money. I don't need the work. Yeah. I don't want to say that I don't want business. I'm just saying right now I have more work than I can take on. There's Awesome, Dad. Well, I've got to shut it off because
0: I'm about to lose my memory on the card. So we're we're about to be dead. Thank you so much. I'll um, reach going- out to you for those coins let's do it man i mean dude you said you're paid for it like how can we not yeah yeah well but we can work that out you know sure. all getting right. coin number one yeah absolutely we'll stamp it number one <laughs> you know awesome if you have a heroic story and you'd like to share it get in contact with us our information's in the bio also don't forget to hit the subscribe like and share and then i'll see you on the next episode badasses